Yeah. What up, what up, what up, what up? All right. So this is the Pause with Tim Black podcast. We come at you Mondays and Wednesdays right here on this channel. Uh, wow. We're the blackest podcast on the left. The blackest podcast in politics in America. I would like to say that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this ground and say that's my spot. If you want the spot, you got to come get it. I claimed it. I called it. I'm calling the spot. So what we do is we address issues. We talk about them from a natural vantage point for me because I'm a black man living in America, not running from that. I'm embracing that. That is who I am. That is the way it is. Whatever I cover, I'm going to cover it honestly and truthfully from that point of view. Now, what's great about this show is we have some foundational principles that we ride with and we don't buckle from. One of those is we need a black agenda in America right now. Don't tell me you want to help black people and then all, the only ideas you have are about helping everything except black people. And you don't even want to say the word black. You can't help me if you can't say my name, Johnson. Say my name, say my name. Now, so that's very important. The second thing is, we believe in reparations. Reparations for the formerly enslaved uh, ancestors. Our ancestors were formerly enslaved in this country. We bought this country for free against our will. And we are expecting payments. So, cut the check. Very basic, very simple. Other than that, believe in a lot of universal policies. It's uh, very popular policies that progressives believe in. Uh, what is it? Medicare for all. Some type of universal health care. Everybody deserves to be able to go to the doctor and be able to get medicine without, uh, yeah, without going in debt, without skipping your insulin or skipping your medications. I believe in ending mass incarceration. I believe in legalizing marijuana. I believe in... Ending the wars and spending the money on the poor. These are things I believe in. Solidarity for all those who believe in those things. But if you don't believe in a black agenda, helping the most disenfranchised people in this country, you're going to have a problem. Because that comes first on my list. Fair. Ah, who said life is fair? That's the way it is, Johnson. Now, with that being said, the Black Progressive Brother is in the house. I'm starting a new thing. It's called Black Progressives. Until you come up with another name. Maybe we'll go with that name. I'm like, damn it, Tim, you built a lane. Black Progressive that talks about black issues. You never buckle from it. You don't fight for the establishment. You fight for good people. You fight for good policy. This is a good, beautiful thing. How are you going to build that and just walk away from it? So we're going to embrace those, embrace those policies. That matter, and we're going to we're going to fight for what matters, and we're going to fight for black folks. We're going to stand up for it. Here we go, Johnson. Are you ready? Before I get started on the the issues I'd like to cover for the day, some of the news items that popped out to me, and I said, "Wow, as it's me being Tim Black, these things I find interesting. I think they're relevant, and I would like to inform my people, my community, to know what's happening." Let me first say, give a shout out to all the Tim Black Wolfpack who support this show. Without you, there is no show. So give it up for everybody who supports us. Yes. Clap. We are the ones. We are the ones, Johnson. All right. So, but before I get into anything else, before I say another mumbling word, 
I must give props and respects to an amazing human being who has left this earthly realm. Moved on to find out what's next. Ladies and gentlemen, talking about none other than Bell Hooks. Homage. Bell Hooks. Incisive, wide-ranging writing on gender and race helped push feminism beyond its white, middle-class worldview. She included the voice of black and working-class women. She died on Wednesday at her home in Berea, Kentucky. She was 69 years old. Some of you may know her from her book, her original book, starting in 1981. Ain't I a woman? Black women and feminism. Ms. Hooks, who insisted on using all lowercase letters in her name, argued that feminism claims to speak for all women have pushed unique, the unique experiences of working class and black women to the margins. She also never wanted to be bigger than her message. What a spirit. Part of Mrs. Brooks' appeal was, Mrs. Hooks' appeal, my mom's name is Brooks. Part of Miss Hook's appeal was the sheer diversity of her interests, her work. Across some 30 books encompassed literary criticism, children's fiction, self-help, memoir, and poetry, and it tackled not just subjects like education, capitalism, and American history, but also love and friendship. Bell Hooks was the pen name of Gloria Jean Watkins. I'd like to now leave you with a couple of quotes from the amazing Bell Hooks on love. The one person who will never leave us, whom we will never lose, is ourself. Learning to love our female selves is where our search for love must begin. The moment we choose to love, we begin to move against domination, against oppression. The moment we choose to love, we begin to move towards freedom, to act in ways that liberate ourselves and others. On community. To build community requires vigilant awareness of the work we must continually do to undermine all the socialization that leads us to behave in ways that perpetuate domination. Dominator culture has tried to keep us all afraid, to make us choose safely instead of risk. Sameness instead of diversity, moving through that fear, finding what connects us, reveling in our differences. This is the process that brings us closer, that gives us a world of shared values, of meaningful community. On feminism, it is obvious that many women have appropriated feminism to serve their own ends, especially those white women who have been at the forefront of the movement. But rather than resigning myself to this appropriation, I chose to reappropriate the term feminism 
to focus on the fact that to be feminist in any authentic sense of the term is to want for all people, female and male, liberation from sexist role patterns, domination, and oppression. She wrote that in 1981. It's so relevant today, but I tell you, I think she wrote it this year. No black woman writer in this culture can write too much. Indeed, no woman writer can write too much. No woman has ever written enough. On racism and white supremacy, marginality is much more than a site of deprivation. In fact, if I was saying just the opposite, that is also the site of radical possibility, a space of resistance. All our silences in the face of racist assault are acts of complicity. I got to read that again. All our silences in the face of racist assault are acts of complicity. On patriarchy. The first act of violence that patriarchy demands of males is not violence towards women. Instead, patriarchy demands of all males that they engage in acts of psychic self-mutilation, that they kill off the emotional parts of themselves. If an individual is not successful in emotionally crippling himself, he can count on patriarchal men to enact rituals of power that will assault his self-esteem. On forgiveness and hope. For me, forgiveness and compassion are always linked. How do we hold people accountable for wrongdoing and yet at the same time remain in touch with their humanity enough to believe in their capacity to be reformed or transformed? Transformed. Changed. My condolences to the family of Bell Hooks, all that love her. My deepest condolences to those who have never read her work. But there's still time. There's still time. As long as there is time. As long as you are here, you have time. Go investigate. Be curious. Be open-minded. A feminist, a humanist, an activist, a writer, a poet, and humanitarian, a great human being. Rest in power, sister.
Let's change. Let's change. Uh, that's not easy to switch from, is it? That's a. That's a. That's a hard one to segue from, isn't it? Shout out to the great Dr. Cornell West, whose tweets, whose tweets about his friend Bell Hooks, um, was uh, very moving, and uh, may he find comfort in him knowing that I'm sure she loved him, and. Uh, Next. Let's see if I got this. I was working on this other thing, guys. Uh, see if I can find this. Uh, do I have this? One second, folks. I want to. Here's a clip I was looking for. I don't know if I. I know I have it saved out. I just want to add it here. I don't usually play clips, but I think this deserves your attention. And um, there's not much to see, so no one's going to miss this. Who can't see it? Why are the lights on? When I pull up in the whip, they be saying, God damn. Why are your lights on? They're like, pull up, pull up. And mom's yelling, nigger, nigger. Henry, have a nigger. It's a nigger. It's that bad. Okay. So it's not much here to see, but we'll start with this first clip. Here, guys. When we think about judges, we think about people that are put in a position that take freedom, make decrees, and decide between our justice and injustice. Those people are bestowed uh, a heavy amount of responsibility. They're in the positions of power. They get to rank power over top of us. But what happens when you have a judge who you have no confidence in whatsoever? What happens when the judge does something that is so reprehensible? They ask to be dragged from the bench immediately. What say you? Some people wonder, Tim, what could a judge do that's so bad? They commit a crime? Did they hurt someone? What'd they do, Tim Black? What'd they do? Well, one clip, this one clip, for me, is a game changer for a judge. Here goes that clip. Look, the smug goes, why are the lights when, on? When I pull up in the whip, they be saying, God damn. Like, why are your lights on? They're like, pull up, pull up. And mom's yelling, nigger, nigger. Oh, Henry, have a nigger. It's a nigger. Look, I, oh, that's me. No, that's I came no, from the backside. Look, he trips over the little... <laughs> <laughs> He trips. <laughs> he trips. <laughs> I was the only one That's me. Ken, Kenny was standing. I'm the one that took him down. Kenny's just standing there. Uh -huh. He lied. <laughs> that was his wallet. Yeah. That's my phone where it fell out. The dude had a phone on him. You should have taken his phone and stolen from him, that fucking asshole. And now I'm going to have a gun. It's important. Look, the, the goes, why are the lights when, your when I pull up in the whip, they be saying, God damn. Like, why are your lights on? They're like, pull up, pull up. And mom's yelling, nigger, nigger. Oh, Henry, have a nigger. It's a nigger.
Okay, so that voice you heard, the mom that was depicted in that video that you just saw, her name is Lafayette City Court Judge Michelle Odinette. Okay, the racist language you just heard is a video recorded at the home of the Louisiana judge who has led for her cause for resignation. So people saw this clip, they said, we got to get rid of this lady. The video shows a television set displaying security footage of what appears to be a foiled burglary at the judge's home. Laughter and racist slurs are heard from the viewers who aren't visible on camera as they watch two people capture a suspect. The Lafayette judge, Michelle Odinette, confirmed the Lafayette news outlets that the recording was made at her home. So, there was no question that was her house. And she's the only mom in the house. And on the tape, you hear some young men say, and mom said, nigga, nigga, nigga. And then mom chimes in, saying it herself a couple of times, just in case I have some doubting Thomases in the house who want to pretend not to understand what they heard. What's her defense, you may ask? What, what could she possibly say? She quit today, right? Yeah, she decided to go on a long hiatus, take a little break from the bench, go into some reform, I don't know, take a class on sensitivity, you know, how not to call black people nigger or something. You know, that's what they usually do. Like the woman from Central Park who called the cops on the bird watcher a couple of times. I'm going to tell the cops that there's a strange African-American man harassing me. All she had to do was take a couple of, take a class about sensitivity and she was fine. Got her, sued her company for firing her. This is what happens when the Karens, you know, when the Karens are caught red-handed. Well, Michelle Odinette's her defense is this. She said she had taken a sedative at the time the video was made and does not remember it. Oh, the old, I didn't know. Did I do that? I have no idea what happened. I was, I was Roseanne Barr. I was Roseanne Barr. Remember Roseanne Barr said she took Ambien and doesn't remember a damn thing why she called that woman an ape. I have zero recollection of the video and the disturbing language used during it. Her statement doesn't identify the speakers to say whether she was among those heard on the recording. It's not clear who originally posted the video on social. The footage of a scene partially obscured by tree limbs appears to show at least two people capturing and holding someone. The 59-year-old black man was arrested after the burglary, which happened early Saturday. This is new stuff. You don't remember what you did Saturday, woman? Well, if you can't remember what you did Saturday, and today is only, what, Wednesday, maybe your ass don't need to be on the judge or the bench. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, people that sit on the bench and decide freedom or jail or consequences or fines or, or whatever, they kind of got to know what's going on in the world. They got to kind of be able to remember what the fuck they said last week. Especially when we got tape of it. 
Odinette in her statement says she was traumatized after an armed burglary, although police said Tuesday there was no indication that the suspect was armed. Oh, yes, the old, I was afraid. I don't know what I said. The woman is laughing in the tape. Remember, this is not film of the actual incident. This is this is film of an incident, but not as it actually occurred. No, this is them watching the film. We don't hear the audio. Now, look, guys, I'm a reasonable person, right? I'm a reasonable person. At least I try to be. I, I, I attempt to be reasonable. But I think it is my nature to be somewhat reasonable, okay? Uh, if she would have said the word nigger once um, while the guy was being tackled or whatever the hell was going on, it would have still bothered me, but I would have took that more into consideration. I mean, it would show that she's racist. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what word I use for white if a white guy is caught in my front lawn doing something. I don't know what word. I think I would call him a, a motherfucker. That's what I would say. I'm, hey, look, hey, this is Tim Black show. Sorry, don't have your kids watch this show. Okay, but that's what I would call him. I don't know what word I would use. I heard they're banning white guys from using the word cracker, so I don't know. But I wouldn't call, I don't know who uses that. Oh, that's right, Charlemagne uses it. No, black people usually don't use that word. We don't have an identical, we don't have an equivalent word for it. Okay, we don't. So, I don't know, I just say, this mofo, get that mofo. That's what I would say. But remember, this is not, what we're hearing, the audio on this tape that we're hearing, is not from that, it's, uh, it's, it's not of that night. The video was of this of that night, but the audio is her laughing. And it sounds like her sons or somebody in their house laughing and recanting how mom gets down. Do you really believe that this woman doesn't use that word on a frequent basis? Is that what we want to believe? I know I got some people that watch the show who love to selectively be like totally ignorant. Right? They're not ignorant in their regular lives. They do regular stuff every day. They get up, they walk the doggy, they pump gas, they handle sharp knives in the kitchen. They do that all fine. But whenever there's a situation that race is involved, they run like punk-ass bitches. They run like scurry, they scurry, around, they scurry away like a mouse, like a deer, startled. Or they say shit like, oh, you're being divisive. And all of a sudden, they can't handle these concepts. They don't know what to think. They don't know what to believe. But do you really, to everyone else with a brain who has the ability to think and realizing that this woman's racism or bigotry is not yours. It's okay to say, hey, that woman sounds like she's a racist and it not have anything to do with you because she's not you. She's her. Get how that works? Just once, I would like more people uh, more of my white friends to just accept that bad behavior by other white people does not mean you. And there's a black guy who has to do that all the time considering how much uh, the media in America loves to focus on negative actions by black people. If I didn't have the ability to say, hey, that's that person, not myself, I would have no self-esteem. I don't know how you white people get by. Because whenever there's a racist white person, you defend them. 
You defend him to the end. This person, this woman, this judge, she, just, she, doesn't work, she doesn't just work as a teller at a bank or a checkout person at Walmart or, or a car, car mechanic. No, this is a person who decides the fate of black people who laughs and jokes and, you know, with her friends or with her kids Using the word nigga, I don't think it's it rolled off the tongue as if she's not a person who hasn't used the word before, is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? Okay. And now that we've caught her, now that it's out there, no one snuck in her house and, like, I didn't go get the film. This is released from someone who was in her home. Someone in her home wants the world to know how shit mom is. Okay? That's what this is. So, anyway. The bigger point to this all is, I don't think the good people of Lafayette, Louisiana, want this woman being a judge. At least not the black people, and not the white people who have a conscience, and the white people who aren't full of shit. Okay? So, and also not the coons, because there'd be some coons who would defend it. Freedom of speech. Yeah, until your son or your daughter has to go before this judge with your black self, then you, then you might feel differently, okay? Okay. Oh, it's, it's, uh, so anyway, I don't know. Um, the, the Louisiana Legislative Black Caucus issued a call for Odinette to resign. In the event she doesn't resign, we requested the Louisiana Judiciary Commission immediately appoint an ad hoc judge to hear cases in her division, investigate this incident, and ultimately remove her. And I agree. That's right. Sometimes you got to let a mofo go. Next. Okay, so right now there's a trial going on with Dante Wright. Uh, Kim Potter, the officer that shot and killed Dante Wright. I want to give you a little update on this case. We haven't talked about it in a week or so. It's still, it's still occurring. It's still going on. It's still happening every day. Here's what, here's what we have uh, latest, the latest on the case. Okay, so as you know, Kim Potter, officer, shoots this young man in his chest, killing him. She says she thought it was a taser she was firing, but it wasn't a taser. It was her Glock. Young man was at a traffic stop. They said, hey, you got a warrant or something. He tries to get back in the car. And that's when she shoots him. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. This is what's happening. Prosecutors have portrayed the longtime Brooklyn Center officer as an experienced police veteran who should have known better and who made this situation worse by failing to try to help right or even to quickly radio in what happened so others might help him. Yes, that's right, folks. Not only did she shoot him in the chest, she didn't call for paramedics. She didn't render first aid. She just stood around. That does not help her case. Uh, what else? The defense would like jurors to see the person who became interested in policing when she was in grade school. Yes, who raised two sons while balancing a career where she took special interest in helping domestic abuse victims. 
<laughs> oh, look at the stark, the stark contrast and how the prosecution and the defense are, are, you know, trying to convince the jury. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's a choir girl. She loves the kids. Once upon a time, she adopted a puppy. And the, 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 and the prosecution's like, she's horrible. She killed a young man. She gave him no mouth-to-mouth. She did no resuscitation. She didn't do anything. She just stood there. She killed him in cold blood. This is what we have. It's, it appears that soon Potter will take the stand and testify in her own defense. Uh, she wants to reinforce the second image, a gamble that may be critical if she is to persuade the jury to acquit her of the two manslaughter charges that she faces. Now, remember how that turned out for some folks lately? Did not turn out so well for uh, the, the, the McMichaels in the Ahmaud Arbery deal. Yeah, it turned out pretty bad. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that she gets up there, that she has a better scheme than this, than this pretending to be afraid shit because this young man had no gun. You had like 10 officers there and nobody else shot. No one else even pulled out their gun except her. She's the only one. So, which is important to note because according to this, she never fired a gun before. That's right. Uh, Here it goes. Uh, She, Potter was good at de-escalating conflicts. That's why she was, what's what she was trying to do when she warned Wright that she was about to use her taser. But we all know she didn't use the taser. She used her gun on him. And that was a very uh, bad decision. The jury has repeatedly seen videos, uh, including Potter's own body camera, showing that she was inconsolable after she killed uh, Mr. Wright. She wailed uncontrollably. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Some clues to Potter's likely testimony might be gleaned from an interview she gave to the Minneapolis Star Tribune uh, before the trial. In it, she cried while describing how she she struggled with the events of the day. So, uh, right after the shooting occurred, she did an interview. And they think she's going to say the same type of stuff. Well, you know, I can't believe what happened. I feel so bad. And... uh, I never did that intentionally. You know, the whole the whole scenario of, of this bad thing happened to her and she wished it didn't happen and she never meant for it to happen, that type of stuff. All the while, not taking any responsibility for what happened. And they said, but the thing about it is, Potter's testimony will expose her to cross-examination from prosecutors that, that could hurt her. They already indicated a willingness to go at her hard, including when prosecutors uh, used her opening statement to say Potter had betrayed her badge and she failed Dante Wright. Yeah, if 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 your son or daughter or yourself or your spouse is pulled over by an officer who, for whatever reason, feels they need to use a taser and instead of using a taser, they shoot them dead. Yeah, she is betraying them because that's not what the situation calls for. So, I don't know how that's heavy-handed. That's just an accurate, uh, you know, accurate description of what happened. I mean, if you use lethal force when lethal force is not necessary, you are betraying your duties. You're betraying my, you're betraying my constitutional rights, and you're betraying your oath of office or, or position, oath of service. That's what it's called, oath of oath of service. 
<sighs> okay, so the prosecutor hammered at the idea that Potter should have known better, saying she had been on the force longer than Wright had been alive. That's something to think about. Dante Wright was only 21, 20 years old. Uh, Miss Potter had been on the force for 26 years. That's a long time not to know a difference between a gun and a taser. Or a Glock and a taser, I should say. Because both of those are guns. Uh, so, I will keep you up to date on this case. It's going to be very interesting once Miss Potter takes the stand. I'm expecting there to be more fireworks. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Originally, I said, I think she intended to kill him. That's what I said, because that's what I consider this to be. But there's one part of this I think we need to consider. The taser and the Glock don't, don't have the same color. Uh, they weigh differently, of course. Five times difference, okay? Um, but there is one problem with the taser and the Glock when you compare them. The handles are very similar in how they feel in the hand. If you take away weight. But my, my, my problem with that scenario, even giving her that credit, is that you hold the gun in front of your face. If you're holding an object in front of your face, you mean to tell me you can't see what color it is? And she took her gun out and said, stop or I'm going to tase you. Those are seconds where the gun is in her face. So um, I need a better explanation than just the handles feel similar or the handle construction is very similar. We got weight, we got color. These are all differences. And even the mechanism to, uh, the mechanism or the safety on the Glock is different than the mechanism and safety on the Taser. Get what I'm saying? So all these things need to be considered. Uh, but will that matter to a jury? That's my question, that's the issue. Will it matter to a jury? We'll see, right? All right, next story. Derek Chauvin. Now, we covered, I covered this case exclusively or extensively on this channel, as I do many other court cases involving police officers. I'm a person who has, has supported the ending of qualified immunity. I'm a part of an organization, the Campaign to End Qualified Immunity.org. Go there. You'll see me on the board. I've had my representative here, my local representative here in Maryland, talking about the initiative in Maryland to get this uh, amendment passed, to get this legislation passed in order to re revoke qualified immunity for police officers who kill us and abuse us while doing their shit jobs. So that's important to me. I fight for this. I don't just cover this shit. I also champion for issues that I care about, um, particular issues. I can't get to all issues, but I care about this issue, and I think it needs to be—it needs to have more attention, and I'm fighting for that. So, of course, the Derek Chauvin trial, the murder of George Floyd, I covered that from bail to bail. Anybody who's been around on this channel knows that, and so I've been very much acquainted with this case. And I'm very happy to announce that Derek Chauvin has pled guilty to federal charges in the Floyd murder. That's right, Chauvin, 
pled guilty Wednesday to federal charge of violating George Floyd's civil rights, admitting for the first time that he kept his knee on Floyd's neck even after he became unresponsive, resulting in the black man's death. Shelvin, as we know, he's convicted on May 25th, 2020. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years. In his federal plea Wednesday, Chauvin admitted he willfully deprived, willfully, he meant to do it. He meant to put his knee there. That's how his knee got there. Are you Cape Crusaders of the Boys in Blue? You Blue Lives Matter assholes? He admits he put his knee on his neck and meant to put his knee on his neck. I know you said it was an accident. Maybe the gas fumes from the car. Or, and maybe George Floyd had smoked some weed. Fucking idiots. Chauvin admitted he willfully, de he willfully deprived Floyd of his right to be free from unreasonable seizure, including unreasonable force, by a police officer. By kneeling on Floyd's neck, even though he was handcuffed and not resisting. The, and that was always my contention with this case. I could never understand. Well, you know, I understand. I, I don't know why I say I couldn't understand. I understand perfectly. Some people are assholes. Some people are racist. Some people are ignorant. And some people watch too much Fox News. How could your eyes so deceive you? Okay? How could you be so blind? If someone's handcuffed, if they're not trying to run... Why do you need to restrain them by the neck? There's all types of ways to restrain a person. If that person happens to die, you kill them. You could have restrained them by holding him. You could have restrained them by putting him back in the car. You could have restrained them different ways. But you chose to restrain a person, a human being, by cutting off air supply. By applying pressure to his back and neck area. And then when he dies, people are like, hey, how'd that happen? I don't know. How'd that happen? This is amazing. I can't believe this happened. Really? You still don't get that? Bunch of Steve Crowder, Crowder watching bastards. Okay, a second federal uh, count of Floyd's death was dismissed, but Shelvin pleaded guilty to another count in an unrelated 2017 case. Shelvin appeared in person for the change of plea hearing in an orange short-sleeved prison shirt. We don't care. Shelvin could have faced life in prison on a federal count. One possible incentive for him to avoid trial. Under the plea agreement, both sides agreed Shelvin should face a sentence ranging from 20 to 25 years, with prosecutors saying she would seek 25. The final sentence will be up to Judge U.S. District Judge Paul Magnuson. And it's, but it's likely uh, that Chauvin will face more time behind bars than he would on the state charges alone. So this, he's already sentenced to 22 and a half years, but there will be additional time due to the federal charge that he just pled to. With good behavior, Chauvin's state sentence would have amounted to 15 years behind bars before he became eligible for parole. A federal sentence would run at the same time and good behavior also can reduce time, but inmates still typically serve 85% of their time. So, I'm looking at about 20 years. 
He also, uh, and that's also, it's also important to know that it means if Chauvin gets the 25-year prosecutor's what, he will actually spend 21 years and three months in prison. Or roughly six years longer behind bars than his state sentence required. Three and three other officers, Thomas Lane, Jay King, and Tao Thao, were indicted on federal charges against Chauvin, or alongside Chauvin, and we're waiting for their case to come up. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with them. And I expect those guys to just plead out. Just plead out, move it on, keep it moving. You know, that's what they should do. It's also important to note that Chauvin also pled guilty to violating the rights of a 14-year-old boy during a 2017 arrest. So, he did similar sh actions to a 14-year-old boy back in 2017. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there were some people in the courtroom that supported Chauvin. And most of those people are probably uh, trolls of mine on Facebook. Yeah, that's how it goes down on Facebook. They can't leave for some reason. They just stick around and hate watch. Or they keep calling the show complaining. People get fixated on you, man. They can't stop. Uh, well, I've come this far in this case. I will stay with this case until this case is over. And that means not just what happens with the federal charges and what the sentence ends up being for Chauvin in regards to that, but also the three other officers who, without them, this never would have happened. These guys did not step up. These guys are not trying to stop Dirk, uh, former officer Chauvin, and neither did they. Uh, no, they didn't intervene, and they also did not report it. Remember, guys, this is not just about what Dirk Chauvin did. This is about a police force that if it weren't for a 16-year-old child who filmed it, if she had not filmed this atrocity, this murder, and uploaded it to the internet, there would be no justice at all in this case. The only reason why Dirk Chauvin is behind bars is because a young black girl put it out. Those other Blue Lives Matter, those other blue cops, uh, they did not tell on their colleague. They all said, I don't know what happened. Guy just fell out. He had an episode. Yeah, that's what they call applying pressure to a man's neck for about 10 minutes until he no longer is alive. That's what they call that. An episode. Inqualified immunity, motherfuckers. Okay. On Friday, my phone lines will be open on the Tim Black Show. Hope that you'll call up and uh, get whatever on your chest off your chest. The Tim Black Show, Pause with Tim Black, this podcast is available on Google, Apple, and some other places where you get podcasts. Become a part of this show. Be a part of this community. I am not going to relinquish my spot as, a, as the most viewed the most viewed, the most respected, the most known, the most credible black fighting for black people progressive in the country. A lot of people want it, but they can't take it away. I've been over here pissed off, mad and angry. And then I realize, I realize, like the, like the amazing bell hooks, silence is complicit, complicity. 
If you're silent in the face of racism, you are complicit. And if I leave the left, I don't fuck with the left anymore, I just go about my business, well then, that's complicit. I don't think I want to do that. I think I want to, I'm going to carve this lane. Yeah. And I've had a number of my people in my Wolfpack hit me up about this as well. I think we want to stay in this lane. I think we just want to be the most, uh, the most vocal, lead the way on black issues, on black agendas, and still fight for other policies, but always with the forefront being a black agenda. This is where I have muscle, guys. This is what I skin in the game. Ten years of skin in the game. Ten years of focusing on politics. I'm not going to walk away. What we will do is we will fight even harder. We will not let them oversell universal policies. We will keep black policies at the forefront. We will allyship. And that's, and that's another thing, guys. I've been thinking about what does the ally look like, you know? And what does us working together look like? Which is like the broader sense of it, you know? What I'm, what I'm seeing is people that are willing to throw black people under the bus to work with pretend people in order to get more clicks and more views. I'm not going to name names. No more names will I name, okay? But I want people to be more obviously uh, in tune and recognize when people are running game on you and when people are full of shit. I should you that I was on YouTube today. Part of my decision and me talking about this today is something popped up in my feed, so I looked at it. It was a live stream. And on this live stream, it was this... This man, this black man was saying how poor white people and poor black people need to work together and, you know... People calling white people poor white trash. It's just like us being called nigga, and, and it's the same thing. And we need to stop being, you know, divisive. We need to work with poor black, poor white people uh, because they get treated badly by rich white people, and you know, and there's really no difference and all this shit. And I just kept thinking, slow down, motherfucker. Okay, just because a person's white and poor doesn't mean that they don't see color. It doesn't mean they aren't racist. doesn't mean they aren't bigots. It doesn't mean they want to fuck with you, okay? Just because white people are treating, or just because rich white people treat poor white people a certain way, and I don't even, I'm not even sure if they treat all poor white people the same way. I'm not even sure if all rich white people do this, but just this idea that you want to equate these things. Who was lynching us in the South, you dumb bastard? Poor white people. Wait, you thought a bunch of uh, rich white folks were coming down and lynching us in the South? And the poor white people just ran in the house and locked the doors and hid under their beds because they couldn't bear to witness it? No, motherfucker. Stop faking like there's solidarity where there is none. Okay? There may be solidarity, but let's... Let that met itself out. Let's prove our solidarity. I need to see proof. Won't you just admit, guy, you're just looking to build viewership. You want to cross over? Fine. Fine. Just say you want to cross over, but don't use my people's anguish and don't read white history, motherfucker. And I don't care what book you look in. Poor white trash and nigga, they don't carry the same way. I've known white guys with money who dress like poor white trash because they don't give a shit. 
They have no one to impress. That's right. They have no one to impress. They're already white and rich. They dress like bobs. See, that's the thing. You don't know. And, and vice versa, a white person who is who may be poor, but had enough money to put on a shirt and tie. No one knows. No one fucking knows. But no matter how, no matter what class you are, if you are black, you show up black. Unless you can do a Michael Jackson or some other situation, okay? Unless you're able to pass, okay? I don't see a lot of poor white people doing a dolazile. <laughs> and they don't do a dolazile for a reason. Because, like Chris Rock said, it's a poor, it's a one-legged bus board here going... He don't want to switch places. And I'm rich. Yeah. So if what you're saying is true, that poor white people, that rich white people might not respect our automatic and solidarity with us on issues, brother, if that was the case, we'd have universal health care. We'd have so many things that we don't have. We don't have them because it was poor whites who didn't want us to have them. They want us to be able to look down on someone. And you know who that person was they wanted to look down on? Or you know what those, whose people those were? Or what people they wanted to look down on? Black people! So, look, I'm not saying that we don't have something in common. There is a class struggle. I agree with that. I accept that. With some people. But don't minimize basic realities of America. Racism is in the cake, bruh. Bigotry is in the cake. In the cake. And so is selling out. And so is capitalism, which is a bit of this and a bit of that is what you're using to do this, come up with this monstrosity of an idea. Once again, I got no problem working with anybody, but they have to truly be an ally. And the ally is someone who's not in the smoke and mirrors, who understands what it is is what it is, who understands the history of America, who's not running away from the fact that I'm a black person, that they're a white person. I won't pretend that I don't know that they're white. They won't pretend that I'm not a black man and we can deal with each other as human beings. But when the issues arise, they don't run from those issues and they don't just want to use me to get a vote to help them but they will also vote my way. They will vote my way and help support my struggle as I support their struggle. Them knowing my struggle is not just money. It's more than money. Hey, there's been story after story of black homeowners who can't get their homes appraised at a fair value because they are black, not because they are poor. Get it? So an ally will fight for me for the issues that affect me. And we will fight together for the issues that affect we. What we need to see is solidarity where they also fight for us with us on our issues. They may not include them. And that's always the problem, bruh. See, when we both got skin in the game, we both fight. But when it comes to race... And the fact there's a penalty for helping black people. Don't forget that. There's a penalty from the white establishment for helping black people. It's not an easy ask. You have to be a humanitarian. You have to be rooted in this. 
And those people exist. Let's stop acting like these people don't exist. But you can't just make blanket statements about all of these people just because they don't have money that all of a sudden they're going to be the most bit of, the most supportive of our issues. You don't know that. You don't know. A lot of people don't like Dave Chappelle, but he says some true shit. I still like him, and I like I especially like when he's speaking truth. Like when he said, the poor whites are his least favorite. And the reason why is we've had a lot of problems out of them. Well, listen to this corn this cornball. He wants some attention. Just the fact that someone's poor means that we need to just get over race. And first, and oh, oh, last thing, guys, last thing. Black people don't need to get over race. Black people never disenfranchise white people because of their whiteness. Black people never kept white people out of schools or kept white people out of churches or restaurants or deprived them of getting business loans, deprived them of freedom, mass incarcerated them, or did anything else structurally to them and their kids and their futures because they were white people, because of the color of their skin. No, that has been done to us. So please stop with the bullshit about what we need to do. White people need to be the ones that reconcile this color issue. Hell, man. Whenever we got a white person that can rap or dance similar to us, we shoot them up the charts, man. We're embracing our white people. We're embracing shit out of them, you know? We, that's what we do. You know, we're not the ones rejecting white people. It's the other way. There's no blacks-only signs on our schools or our banks or shit. We don't even... White people go to HBCUs, man. White people come to the Tim Black show. There's no black-only sign on my show. But just so happens that some black white people don't want to hear this black shit. That's not the same thing. <laughs> so anyway... An ally. An ally is someone that has your back. They have your back when they're going through shit and when you're going through shit. When you're going through shit together and when you're going through shit alone. And that's what an ally is. That's what a friend is. And I'm well aware that everyone's not an ally. Now, I'm not as, I'm not as pessimistic as some. They say we have no friends. Yeah, we have some. Okay. Do we have as many as we need? We need to build more. We need to build more. But we ain't going to build them by lying to ourselves while these online commentators try to build more profits by lying to ourselves and lying to the audiences. That doesn't build solidarity. That doesn't build allyships. That just builds up their bank accounts. If I'm willing to take the hit on truth, I'm sorry, but I'm expecting everyone else to. Not gonna name names, I'm not gonna play games. All right, guys, that's all I got. Phone lines be open Friday, call up, say your truth. Speak truth to power, don't call up with the dumb shit. Keep it 100. I'm Real Tim Black on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Tim Black and that on Instagram. I got your back, have my back. We have each other's back. But you got to have my back. And with that, cut the check.
Wolf Pack. Oh, and I want to thank anybody who supports the show. Anybody? Anybody out there? Thank you, my brother Will Will in Context Matters. B1's Reparations Restitution. You know what time it is. Real talk. Cut the check. People are owed reparations. Reparations now. All my Johnsons. Wolfpack. Big K. Ayo, wait, hold up, pause, no debate, no applause Tired of the wait, man, we need a revolution, but you came to the bait We be down for the cause, I be late on a sauce Keep us down for the cause, fuck up, round, get a public execution Better wise up, hold up, fuck it, cause Pause like 10 black, overwhelmed, but I gotta get my wits checked We be preaching to the quiet like a hymn track But we gotta make a dent, get the rich back Laying in the street, we got brothers that overdosing Trying to help the poor with the handicap and the motion Both parties suck, take a minute and let it soak in They don't give a fuck, they be locking you up and smoking Both parties suck, Johnson with the serving up It's a lazy concoction, spit it in a face Johnson, what the fuck you do with a snake when you boxing? When I fall in line with the face, is an option I'ma stand for mine, I'ma ride with my conscience If you want the right, I'd advise you with caution When they get the chance, so you out like an auction Fucked in, it's like a controlled opposition Comes down the boat and they roll their position Top down, yeah, I'm sold on the mission I ain't bring a coast, I'ma search for friction Politicians Faking these raps can be conniptions They be out here serving their donuts like a religion Calling out these blasphemous promises my addiction They ain't got no soul, yeah, they sold it out for a patient Wait, hold up, pause, no debate, no applause Tired of the wait, man, we need a revolution But you came to debate, we be down for the cause I be late on a sauce, keep us down for the cause Fuck up, round, get a public execution Better wise up, hold up, fuck it, pause Ayo time, a conservative Ronald McDonald Clean but you look and you sound like you off at the bottle White boy dress for the follow You see through the grip so you need to let off for the throttle Just the right, we can side, let us have us a top Be a man, we can walk through the basics You ain't getting shot, just talking about race Motherfucker, you can shot for being racist Yo, say you spitting facts, you clearly be in your feelings Quoting Ben Shapiro, what else the fuck you can say? See, we didn't free the slaves and you acting like we the same Like we're signing effects, same thing, you fucking idiot Right wing frauds really made me belligerent Educate America, overcoming the ignorance Big homie black, show you bitches the difference Say I saw some jobs and blame it on the immigrants Bro for initiative, hold the line with the wolf pack Giving me a shot, I blew through him like I'm a fullback Riding from inside the center, where your soul at Pins strike flask, cause homie be full of bullcrap ACAB, yeah, I'm bending the law, your system is broke If you need this, and ours, need a bind intervention Need a fix, by the gods, hold up, I'ma need to catch my breath Pause Wait, hold up, pause, no debate, no applause Tired of the wait, man, we need a revolution But you came to debate, we be down for the cause I be late on a sauce, give us down for the cause Fuck up, round, get a public execution Better wise up, hold up, fuck it, pause